0: Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Episode 52, Coppin State, George Mason. Uh, this is from Tuesday, February 20th, 2024, which I believe is actually a school day. 2 p.m. start. Tuesday. Luckily for me, I had to stop in at my doctor's uh, to drop something off, so I managed to use it as a doctor's appointment. I had a planning period. Um, you weren't so. You didn't have anything like that, but we got you out of school a little bit earlier, uh, so you could go see that game. <laughs> Um, Not particularly warm day. I think it was like 40 degrees, something like that. Um, But it wasn't windy, which was certainly appreciated. Now, we did leave school a little bit earlier. Uh, You missed lunch because I picked you up just as you were about to go to lunch. So we got you a snack on the way there. And um, as I was reviewing for this one, there's actually an 82-page online guide that George Mason provides, which has a ton of information on it. I was like, this is amazing. Like, the last... 40, 50 pages, I think, were pretty much all stats. Like, I was like, I'm not reading really through all this, but there was some interesting stuff at the start. Um, You're going to read us the first stat. And well, there's kind of three stats that I thought were kind of interesting.
1: Um, George Mission finished the year 11th nationally and hit by pitch 112 and 63 games.
0: So that's almost two a game. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, catcher Connie Dykstra tied for first in the nation, hit 33 times in 59 games. So
0: he got hit 33 times. The rest of the team got hit, um, let me do the quick math there, 79 times. Like, he got hit a lot. Um, but I thought that was, well, I don't know if that's a cool thing or not. If you're tied in the nation for something. So, or is it just on look? See, that seems more than just luck. That But doesn't seem like. Oh, pitchers just accidentally. ate, You just got hit. I don't know. I don't know if he leans over the plate a little bit more than everybody else.
1: He may be like forward, so he um so that he can hit the ball farther.
0: Can be. I don't know. Um, I thought it was an interesting stat though, and I like that there was somebody in this game who was first in the nation. I guess we should say as well for people that didn't listen to the episode. We mainly a cop in state, but at the end of the season we did go and see George Mason um, in their championship tournament yeah. and with George Mason being close we do intend going to see some George Mason games this year for sure, not just this one um, we were definitely rooting for Coppin State in this one no doubt about it, um, but yeah we definitely have a soft spot for uh, George Mason as well. Um, the other one I had was the Patriots finished the season third in Division 1 in stolen bases 164 in 63 games, setting a new program record, eclipsing the score record that had been held for 21 years. Um, the previous mark was 118 they didn't just beat it they smashed it um they beat it by 40 or 46 that's a big increase now that's one thing that i always associate with Coppin state as well their aggressiveness on the base paths and um patriots even more so and i think that's something that's going to be relevant as we're talking about this game as well that was something that was very noticeable but george mason are good on the base pads for sure they also, steal whenever yes, they can
1: and also yesterday the away team
0: like, what's well, Hey, we're not talking about episode fifty-three. We're talking about Coppin State at George Mason right now. You can talk about that mm-hmm. game on the next episode. All right, there's one more stat in there for us. Uh,
1: sophomore starter Chad Gartland was named Most Outstanding Performer of the A10 Tournament. Senior South Trimble, um, Junior Kyle, uh, Manica. Meniker and sophomore Reese Woody were also selected to the A-10 all-championship team.
0: Now, that was kind of cool watching this game because some of the players came up We're like, oh, I remember that player. So that was kind of useful when you know a bit about the other team. Um, specifically for us, George Mason's interesting because there's quite a few players who uh, played in our local schools in our school district area. Some I remembered, but some I didn't remember, JJ. So um, one, number one is Evan Blanchard, infielder, who played at Colgan. Uh, number nine, J.P. Williams, um, who's a freshman catcher, so he was new to the team. We didn't see him last year. Um, he's from Battlefield, so that's pretty close to us as well. Uh, number 30, Connor Knox, uh, also played for Colgan. Uh, he's a pitcher, and uh, I missed this one last time. 37, Britt Yount. Uh, it might be Yount, actually, because it looks like Robin Yount. Uh, Britt Yount, uh, right-handed pitcher, junior, went to. plays um, from Stafford. So that's not too far either. Mountain View High School. So that's pretty close to us. Now, it's actually interesting that you were struggling on one of those uh, pronunciations there. There is actually a pronunciation guide that tells you how to say all those players. So um, I was right. Right on the bottom, it says number 42, Kyle Meneker. So if you're not sure on how you pronounce any of those, it actually tells you. Like number 11, I think you would struggle at normally. P-R-A-C-H-T. How would you pronounce number 11 then? Uchman. Are you looking at the right one? Carson, how do you say wait, wait. his last name? Number eleven.
1: Pratt.
0: Did he read what it said in a pronunciation guide? That's nope. the whole point. Well, read what it says. Pratt. <laughs> okay, because it says in the notes like, like rock. Okay. It's like
1: Proctor.
0: So- yeah, it says like rock, so you know that it's not pract. even though it's an A, it says Pract. And uh, U-C-H-M-A-N, Uckman. Um, the one I like is Connor Dykstra. It says like Lenny Dykstra. Now, if you don't know who Lenny Dykstra is, that's literally no help at all. Um, there a lot
1: a... of baseball people who are looking up this stuff probably know about Lenny
0: um, They probably would, but there's some other ones. E-R-T-E-L. Um, I might have said Ertel. I'm not sure. It's Ertel. So there's a few on there. I don't think you need to say Socrates. I would have known how to say that one. Socrates. Yeah. I think that's a fairly good one uh, but yeah I think that's cool that they do pronounce that and I think it's relevant as well because actually perhaps some other teams need to do that because there are times when we've heard and we're like huh? That's not how you actually E-E-G-Hin. say their names Gehin, You found another one on there? Some I knew like Kozlowski
1: 32 uh-huh. It says E Gehin. Egan No yeah.
0: Egan E-G-A-N but if you didn't know you might say Egan so it's good that it helps you out on some of those ones and um, uh, Muskoff might not have been obvious for you if you're not familiar with those pronunciations. Musk-off. K-O-P-F It's German. Kopf is uh, head. Or Kopf. It looks like Kopf if you were just to read it, but it's actually Kopf.
1: Kos-lo-ski.
0: Koslowski. Kozlowski. See, I knew that one anyway. So it says ones.
1: low. Like
0: Kozlowski. Oh, Kos-lowski? Oh, perhaps it is that. Oh, there was one, though, when I read it, and I was like, actually, there's two different pronunciations you could do for that one. Uh, which one was it? Oh, um, that's it. Number thirty-three, Jake Roberti. It says R O W, but that could be row or it could be row. I'm assuming you would know that it's row. A row Bertie. Rao Bertie would sound a little strange, Rowdy. I think. Yeah. But they didn't pick the best word to describe that. They should have put row as R O E, like the sturgeon thing.
1: Or R O W, row. Ro.
0: Well, that's what they did. That's Ro. what I just said. How do you know it's not row?
1: Wait, R O Y.
0: That's Roy. (laughs) That would be a terrible way of doing that one. Anyway, some other things things I found in the guide was talking about the coaches. Uh, Sean Camp enters his fifth season overall, and he's first as head coach of George Mason. Um, As a player in 95-97, Sean is first all-time as strikeouts per nine inning with 9.21. Tyler Nellin joins the staff as a first-year assistant coach. He spent the last year and a half at Lehigh University, and... Evan Duhon joins the baseball staff for his first year as an assistant coach for the 2024 season. Uh, Before joining the Patriots, he spent three years as an assistant coach at Queen's University in Charlotte. And uh, Kyle Darmstead, a Bristol, uh, Virginia native, joins the George Mason baseball team for his first year as the director of baseball operations. That's a completely different coaching staff since um, when we saw them win the AA Championship. Yeah. I'm wondering if some other teams were like, man, they did a great job at George Mason. We want them for our team. So I don't know the background behind it, but there's definitely a lot of uh, changes with regard for that. All right, Jackson, how did George Mason do in that opening weekend? We talked about in the previous episode uh, that Coppin did not do quite the start we were hoping for. Yes, tell um, us their first game. Coastal Carolina was the first okay. game.
1: First inning, 0-6, to six, Coastal Carolina. Uh-huh. In the third inning, 13-0, to zero, uh-huh. Coastal Carolina. Yep. And in the fourth inning, it's, wait,
0: uh... I'm almost so big, he's struggling already, 19. 19-0. Uh-huh.
1: And then in the fifth, it's 20-0. Sixth, it's 23-0. Seventh, it's 20... 20... A six to zero, and
0: that was the final score twenty six to zero. Um, George Mason only had it's, one hit it's in that 15 game. Fifteen
1: hits to one hit, so
0: it was almost a no hitter.
1: Two errors for Mason, one mm-hmm. for Coastal Carolina. So
0: kind of similar results to what uh, Coppin State had in their first game as well.
1: Attendance is three
0: thousand. This was actually a big tournament down in um, I think it was South Carolina. Um, uh. I'm trying to see if I can see where it is um, Conway, South Carolina. But yeah, there was a few big t- a few big ones. All right, what Wait. about? What about the next it's,
1: one? It says it started at 4 4 uh-huh. It was three hours long. Mm-hmm. That would finish at, like, 7, yeah. and it would be dark.
0: they probably have floodlights at the big stadium. <laughs> I think they'll be okay. They'll be okay. Don't worry about it.
1: All right, okay? next is Mason Duke, mm-hmm. which is number 12.
0: Duke are ranked number 12. Yes, they're pretty good.
1: First inning, Duke 8 yeah. Mason won.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, at least they got the first run on the board.
1: Second inning is um, eleven to one, Duke. Third inning is fifteen to three.
0: Duke. All right, why well, don't you go to the final score because that's most of it now.
1: Uh,
0: twenty-three to five. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Duke had twenty-three hits. Uh, Mason had oh, seven that's hits.
1: Basically, a home run per hit.
0: And uh, four errors. And four uh, so
1: errors. Errors to zero.
0: Yep. Alright, what about match three then?
1: Uh,
0: match three. Oh, I got the sheet. I, match I don't know. Sorry. There you go. The All game right. against Indiana. Indiana were coming into this uh, one and one. Um.
1: Okay, first inning, Indiana two to zero. In the third inning, Indiana five to zero. In the fourth inning, um, five to two, Indiana, in the sixth inning, five to three, Indiana, and then in the eighth, it was eight to three, um, Indiana, and but then final in the score. Ninth, it was nine to three.
0: Twelve hits for Indiana, four for Mason. Two
1: errors for both.
0: Two errors apiece. Um, another 11:05 game like the Duke game, and um, once again over three hours as well. Um, the that Duke game was actually three hours and fifty-three minutes, and this one was three hours. Um, the attendances they can they're very specific on their counts. The I don't know if you noticed the numbers. Um, like the Duke one, one thousand five hundred seventy-eight. That's very specific, and this one was uh, one thousand five hundred thirty-three. Now I looked at the history between uh, George Mason and uh, Coppin State. Um, All-time, George Mason leading the series 21-1. to Um, They actually had 20 wins in a row right at the start. Uh, 2012, Coppin won 5-4, and the last meeting was actually in 2022 when George Mason won 9-3. So they haven't really played each other very much recently. So do you want to tell us um, about that game that they last played in 2012?
1: Um,
0: This was the last Coppin State win. Yes.
1: Um, in the second inning, it was 3-1, to one, George Mason. Mm-hmm. In the third, it was 3-2, to two, George Mason. In the fifth, it was 3-3. Three, three. In the eighth, it was...
0: Uh, Uh-oh, he's struggling. Five, five to, to, to f- four, because there's no five other ones in the four, nine, so it must be the same as the finish. Five um Coppin. So Coppin won 5-4. Um, George Mason won on hits, 8-7. to seven. Uh, Coppin State had two errors. Is there anything else of any note to you as you're looking at that little box it was score? 2 there?
1: hours, 35.
0: 2 hours, 35. Pretty quick for a game, right? Okay.
1: Attendance is 21.
0: Ah, I wondered if you'd see that one. So it's not that every game at Coppin is 150. 21? Oh, my gosh. That's a really small crowd for that game. Um, anything else that catches your interest in that um. one? All right. Somebody
1: only faced two batters. Okay. In the eighth. All
0: right. We're going to leave it at that, but I wondered if you'd notice it or not. Okay. I guess you didn't then. All right. I'll tell you in a second what it was then. So, as we're walking into the stadium... Um, there was some. I'd been to a George Mason game when Mason was probably younger than you. So it had been a while, so I didn't really remember much. Um, I kind of remember the basic, where it was, but I didn't really remember the setup at all. We saw there was a lot of buildings going on, for sure. Uh, it looks like they're building some uh, accommodation for students. We did see a sign, though, relating to Kevin Carr that was on the back of the uh, dugout for where George Mason was. So um, do you want to tell us what the sign said?
1: Um, Kevin Carr, George Mason... University perfect game on Sunday, September 21st, 1975. Kevin Carr, class of 77, pitched the first and as of 2023 only perfect game in George Mason University baseball history defeating George Washington University 4-0. to zero. Mm-hmm. Kevin faced the minimum 21 batters Striking out three while throwing forty-three strikes, and only eighteen balls. Of the sixty-one total pitchers thrown, six were fastballs, and five were fifty-five were knuckle balls. And only one batter faced a full count.
0: That's unusual. 55 knuckleballs. You don't see that many pitches doing that. Um, I'm assuming there's no video evidence for that game, which is kind of a shame. I'd kind of like to see it. But only 61 pitches thrown in a perfect game. That's kind of yeah. uh, really low as well. And actually, one other thing that we did before we saw that sign was we did actually take a picture at the front of the stadium. Yeah. Uh, there was a sign for uh, Raymond Hapspuler Stadium. I think that's what it's said, or uh, something close to that. Anyway.
1: Raymond Spuler.
0: Uh, okay, just Raymond Spuler. Okay. So... One of the facts I've got for you then is, I can't remember where I saw this. I think this was on George Mason website. In the winter of 1976, the George Mason University baseball team began a new season with high hopes. And when the dust settled in the spring, the Patriots authored one of the most unforgettable seasons in program history by earning a trip to the NAIA College Baseball World Series for the first time. And we actually saw one of those signs yeah, in the saw- outfield as well.
1: Yes, yeah, other time.
0: With Raymond Hapschbuler at the helm, the Patriots began to realize they might have something special after finishing the nineteen seventy five fall season with a record of fifteen and five. So that's what the stadium's named after. It was their coach from nineteen seventy five to however long it was. Um, but that was the same year that that person pitched that perfect game, included wins over local rivals George Washington, Georgetown, Howard, Catholic, and American University. So, that explains now where the stadium was. I meant to look it up last time, and I didn't even think about it. Now, having done that pronunciation guide, when they were introducing the players, there was some that I was like, hold on, I don't think these are right. Uh, One of them was Chris Marti. And I was like, I'm pretty sure that's Marte, M-A-R-T-E. I've seen other players with that name, and it's pronounced Marte. And later on in the game, the I heard the players talking like, come on, Marte. So it's definitely Marte. So they got that wrong. Uh, there was Sam Neves as well. Uh, it's definitely Sam Nieves. And I definitely heard the players saying that as well. So. Um, and
1: also Noah. And what? What about Noah.
0: They got... Oh, well, that was us. We owe an apology to Noah. Um, I was trying to remember what his last name was and I got it totally mixed up in my mind. But when I I actually did put it in the episode notes for the last episodes, apologies to uh, Noah for messing up his last name. Uh, Merciano. For some reason, I was thinking it was like Americano and I I just totally got it wrong. But yeah, we didn't do a good job. Was
1: coffee?
0: Uh, Sort of. And then in my head, I got it mixed up. But no, it's definitely Merciano. But that was on me. And I did put an apology in my episode notes because I realized we didn't do a good job of that. Um, Anything us about the start of the game before the game started i was taking a few notes on I my phone started. so my, all right well i didn't even ask you if you noticed this um, the anthem so they have talked about it it's like we will honor our country uh, and all the people who've served at home and abroad and it's kind of a really long introduction um, yeah with the playing
1: of the national of
0: our, our national,
1: national anthem
0: Anthem. And there was a ridiculously long pause. But even then, it was even worse. Everybody was
1: was like, just standing there.
0: It was at least 30 seconds before they started playing it. And it wasn't your traditional one either. It was a really jazzed up version of it. It was one Um, of those
1: um, ones at the MLB stadium that they just recorded and played.
0: I think it's from, if I remember correctly, I think it's the MLB All-Star game. I want to say it's uh, Marvin Gaye, uh, but I'm not sure. All right.
1: Well, I just heard all the clapping. I knew that wasn't from the College Stadium.
0: Alright, tell us about the game then, JJ, but I want you to stop after the first inning. Alright, we had technical issues. It didn't record the last part after Jay went to the bathroom. Alright, tell us about the game, JJ.
1: Um so the first inning zero to zero.
0: Uh-huh, and scary moment at the bottom of the first. Uh, ball got hit straight back to Caden Straley. Don't know how much he knew about it, but he caught it, and that was the important part. But, yeah, it could have easily, a few inches higher, lower, uh, could have possibly been a serious injury. And Anthony DiVittorio was leadoff, um, but we didn't see him bat in the second time around. He actually got pinch hit for Brody, so we're not sure if he got injured, or we're not quite sure what happened for that. All right, what about innings 2 through 5?
1: Um, In the second inning, 4-0 Mason. Third inning, 12 when, um, 16-0 Mason. In the
0: fourth inning, 17-0 Mason. Um, I noticed Braylon Watson didn't have his sliders mitt on at the start, uh, once he reached first base uh, in the fourth inning, but then in later and later in the at-bat, he did have his mitt on. It's so. probably
1: because he may have... He was just thinking of what he should do, like, base running-wise.
0: I don't know. I think if you have a slide, like, admit as soon as you get on first base, isn't that what you put on? Like, well, you
1: first gotta think of what you should do first.
0: Now, well, in
1: case anything happens, I know
0: we already talked about this, but your... I said if you don't have it on, then they can probably think you're not gonna steal. But or then, as soon as they just... as soon as they put it on, they're probably gonna assume that you are trying to steal. But you said actually, they could just be you could just use that as a psychological yeah. trick. Yeah, just not be. wear it, and then and steal
1: and slide feet. first. Yeah.
0: And then put it on and then not steal. But then thinking, yeah. oh, he's got his glove on. I don't know. I don't even know if anybody noticed it. Um, Sammy Evers was out on the fifth with a great throw in to get the double play. Um, if I remember correctly, it was from left field all the way to home. I think that's what it was. And the bottom of the fifth, uh, Ritsu was pitching for Coppin State. Uh, 3-1 pitch. Um, it was a walk. Uh, but he injured himself. Like, he stepped off straight away. I could hear him cursing. Uh, coach came. Uh, not the coach. The trainer came out. Um looked at a bad situation. Um but yeah, they, he was able to continue. One other thing I did notice in the fifth He's that I didn't mention in the, the original record. Well yeah, he was like side on pitcher. They um George Mason bought in a pinch runner in the fifth at 17 to 0. Like pinch runner's normally like a close game when you're trying to get your fastest they really need to do that at 170 i don't know like you could have off. you could have made that change in between innings if you wanted to bring another player in like i don't mind them rotating the team and i think that's perfectly okay um and they did they did actually rotate players um for sure in this one all right keep going tell us the rest of the tell us the rest um the 6th inning it
1: was 190 7th it was 191 8th inning it was 21 21- to
0: 2 final score yeah run um, scored on a balk by Coppin at the top of the 7th and top of the 8th third time Damon was on base as lead off unfortunately we really want to see him win with people on base so he can drive them home or they have to be very careful how they pitch to him um, possibly load up the bases um, did get a home run um, you didn't like the field though because you couldn't always get to all the balls though there were certain sections that were fenced off So it was, be- it was home
1: run area uh-huh. and then um, about halfway past um. Then, like about halfway in the outfield, mm-hmm. on in the first base side.
0: Yeah, um, I think it was in between these innings. We went back to the car. I want to get my coat because I was cold. And um, we did see that they had the the starting lineups, which I thought was really cool. Um, so you can find out what they are. I'm sure now you most people like do it on little, their phones. Um, but it was
1: like one of those little MLB things, like those little MLB packets yes. about the game.
0: The opening lineups. Yes, it tells you the stats of the players and the names and yeah. No, it was nice. It was a nice touch that they did that. Um, I really like that. And we left actually at the. Bottom of the eighth because I was too cold, and also, and you were getting ready to go as well. You said you were starting to get hungry. We'd yeah. been, uh, it was the fifth hour at that point, it was four hours and one minute, and it was still yeah. the bottom of the eighth. And at that point, I think we knew that George Mason was going to win. So we we left and then we came home. Now, I want to return to the game in 2012. The thing that you didn't notice, but obviously you know now because we already did this part twice, um, Coppin State were 1 and 38 after winning that game against George Mason, um, and um, that turned out to be their only they win all season they um, I think the final final total was 1-61 but I didn't write it down on opening day they lost to Savannah State 4-3 the game ended on trying to steal second base they faced Maryland Eastern Shore in April and lost 7-6 even though they led 6-2 going into the bottom of the ninth Um, and then they also lost 6-5 the next day and left 2 on base in the ninth and in May they lost to 4-3 to Duke who's obviously a good team uh, and they gave up the winning run in the last inning. So it could have easily been the imperfect season. It could have been 0-61. Um, I don't know if anyone's ever gone without winning a game before in Division One baseball. I didn't think... They don't play baseball. Um, so I don't know. I didn't look that part up of it. But yeah, if it hadn't been for George Mason, um, that was their only win of that season. Now, college... There were some big upsets this week. Uh, UNC Greensboro defeated number one Wake Forest four three on Tuesday, and on Friday, Kennesaw State defeated number ten Clemson eighteen to one at Clemson's own home. So um, ACC teams kind of struggling this week. Um, I did see North Carolina, who are number fifteen, actually faced somebody who we do know, JJ Wagner. Ooh, Wagner. Yeah, that's in the NEC. So um, North Carolina won all three of those games. And you're going to tell us for a second time about Hagan Smith, because he had a pretty good weekend.
1: Wait, I forgot. Where is Wagner?
0: Uh, It's uh, Staten Island. I hope it's Staten Island.
1: It's one of those islands.
0: It is, yes.
1: Um, Hagan Smith is a junior lefty of Arkansas baseball tied the Razorbacks' single-game record with 17 strikeouts in just six innings. It included 15 consecutive strikeouts to begin the game. He threw 59 of 78 pitches for strikes and only gave up one walk.
0: He did, and um, when I was looking at strikeouts per nine inning stats earlier, I saw Jackson Montgomery was on that list with about 13.5, and uh, Hagan Smith is probably about 25 or 26. And one other thing I saw was Grandview University baseball. Um, I think this was from Saturday. Uh, sorry, this is from Friday. Um, historic day for Grandview University baseball. The Vikings played Northwestern College today and won thirty-three to six. And in game two, they won seventeen to six. Blasted seventeen home runs on the day. Junior outfielder Connor Canney uh, from Johnston, Iowa, went seven for ten with five home runs, eighteen RBIs, and three grand slams. Um, that's, that stat doesn't get any less no matter how many times I read it. Um, the the Vikings will be back in action tomorrow versus Northwestern at noon. Uh, that's one heck of a game right there, for sure. Now, unfortunately for the name game, we can't do this because you did not get it. Well, uh, just, you forgot to do your own. Well, let's just so reenact with it. No, I'm going to say what it is. And if anyone who's listening wants to tell us what the answer to the name game is, uh, we can put out the post and you can see if you can get it. So the name game for this week is C. Dylan S., And I'm going to give the clue of the C actually stands for Charles, but you're probably not going to know who this person is as Charles because it's a nickname. And we'll add one more clue in just to give it a time frame. Uh, This person was born in 1890. So who is C. Dylan S? I'll put out the tweet and we'll see if anyone who's listening um, knows the answer to that one. Um, Outro music, JJ? Well, how are you going to type? I don't know how you'd Google it. What do you Google? Charles, eighteen ninety baseball. You get, I don't Charles think people are going to do David that. Though. Um, next week's episode will feature uh, Virginia State and Hope family uh, from the game that we saw yesterday at the time of recording.